Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Shelby from Victoria, British Columbia. Shelby has a business degree, is self-employed, and is an artist who enjoys connecting with others. With her partner, Shelby has traveled back and forth across Canada and has created the Victoria Van Life community. From waterfalls inside the van to adventures at Hopewell Rocks in New Brunswick, Shelby loves meeting people and sharing stories. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week, I have a special guest coming out of British Columbia and a first on the show for somebody who has a van conversion. So, Shelby, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm currently located in Victoria, British Columbia. Um, you know, I love it here because we don't get much snow, so it's kind of like springtime all year round. Um, I do have a business degree. I would uh, consider myself uh, self-employed, and I do quite a few different little jobs uh, to make ends meet uh, to allow me to, to travel. And what kind of jobs have you done uh, being self-employed? Uh, so I do run, I'm a seasonal manager of a bed and breakfast in Victoria. Uh, so that's fantastic with van life because that means the cold, wet, rainy months. I'm inside, uh, you know, very comfortable with a, a roof over my head and, and free heat and showers and everything. Um, along with, I, I used to plan um, speakers for events. Obviously, COVID kind of put a stop to that for right now. Um, I do part-time uh, food deliveries, you know, can't go wrong with Skip the Dish and Uber Eats. Um, and, and lastly, I uh, have kind of started doing some art pieces uh, based around van life. Very cool. And uh, I've purchased one of those pieces and I absolutely love it. So what is the, um, what are some of the skills that you've taken uh, from the jobs that you've had into the creation of the van that you also had? Uh, definitely, you know, uh, being able to roll with the punches has been a big one. You know, uh, van life is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to come with it. You definitely have to be ready for absolutely anything. Um, you know, as well as I'm, I have worked jobs that, you know, have kind of pushed me to be pretty extroverted, which comes in handy in the van life uh, world when, you know, you're rolling up next to someone and you're like, do I say hi? Should I not? You know, sometimes it's nice to have that courage to be like, you know what, I'm just going to go knock on that door and 10 out of 10 times, you make a friend. Excellent. So tell us a little about this, a bit about this uh, van that you had. Yes. So um, I purchased it with my partner back in uh, 2016. Uh, we did a really basic conversion. It's uh, sorry, I guess I should jump back. It's a 2000 Dodge Ram passenger van. It was extended. So it was about 20 feet long, but it, you couldn't stand in it. Right. So it was, uh, you know, a, a fun time of always being, bent over and, and crunched but let me tell you the uh, places it took us to and the adventures that let us have it it was it was so wonderful um so like i said we purchased in 2016 uh within the first week the engine blew uh we were able to find a backyard mechanic that was able to swap it and uh that engine that he put in took us all the way from uh the okanagan in british columbia all the way to nova scotia and back uh it was the most incredible journey we've ever done uh, then in 2017, we were just weekend warriors. And in 2018, we finally got the courage to, to jump in and, and start doing it uh, seasonally. Like I mentioned, I, I do, I happen to stumble upon a, a perfect gig here in Victoria. So now we're seasonal van lifers and it's wonderful. Wow. So where did you purchase the van, Shelby? 
Uh, we purchased it in Vernon. Um, you know, I, it was one of those things where we were definitely very naive and uh, didn't do enough research. Uh, so throughout our four and a half years of owning the vehicle, almost every single piece needed to be replaced because it hadn't been well maintained before we bought it. But we didn't even know to look into things like that. It was completely rusted out. It was an old farm vehicle that had been really beat up, but it was cheap. We paid $1,600 for it. Um, and, you know, throughout the years, obviously, we, we put money into it mechanically. But when you're not spending money on rent, uh, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier to fund money into the, the van. And did you guys got the bus or got the, um, the van and rebuild it? Or did you how did that work out for you? We build. did. So originally it sat, it had seats for 15 passengers. We ripped that out. Uh, we decided with spray foam. And let me tell you, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles first people go through is what kind of insulation to choose. Um, we chose spray foam for a few different reasons. Um, you know, our, there was some structural integrity that wasn't that neat, that was needed in the van. Uh, so by spray foaming, it kind of helped seal the van up. Uh, it also meant that we didn't, wouldn't have to worry as much about leaks in the future and mold. Um, as it works as a vapor barrier and uh, it's mold and mildew resistant. Uh, so spray foam for us worked wonders. Uh, we actually throughout our four and a half years of owning the van did four different builds on it. Uh, Cause every year we'd be like, Oh, you know what? We've decided we don't like this in the van. Let's change it out. Right. That's the best part of it is you can always change it to whatever you want. Uh, this last one um, was just the, the, best looking build that we've ever done you know throughout the years we've learned a lot more on how to build stuff and what we like and so we found good lumber that we covered in uh, you know exterior mold and mildew resistant um, varnish as in the past we did have some mold even though we weren't living in our van in the winter and it was just being stored because it's so wet here on the island uh, so it was completely um, wooden on the inside and we got uh, what I highly recommend is a camp chef oven and stove so it has two burners up top and making roasted veggies or pizza in your van or your school bus is just the best feeling ever when you're parked next to a beach or a beautiful view. Uh, we also had solar power running, um, a fridge that worked for us, and uh, a diesel heater to keep us warm on the colder nights. Um, and we do have a secondary vehicle. So when we're in the city, you know, city dwelling, we are actually able to flip our passenger seat around because uh, I would normally be driving a different vehicle as my partner's driving the van. And it would feel, you know, 10 feet bigger, even though, you know, it's really just one seat flipped around. Wow. So the uh, the appliances, can you state again what that um, the stove was? Yes, it's a Camp Chef uh, oven. Uh, sometimes they're sold at Costco for around $200 Canadian. Uh, but if they're not on Costco, you can find them on Amazon for $300. And even at that price, I highly recommend it. Uh, you can hook them up to the five pound propane tanks or you can get a hose and hook it up to um, you know, a larger tank. Yeah, so the fridge, tell me a little bit about that fridge. Uh, so it was just a cheap fridge from Canadian Tire. I think it was 75 or $100. Um, it, it was electric that we ran off of our solar power. Uh, but you know, if, if there was a large storm coming up and it was gonna be you know, rainy for the next three or five days, we would have to be mindful and try to eat up whatever was in the fridge and, and try to only buy items the day of um, because it just pulls too much electricity when there's not the sun out there rejuvenating our batteries. And was solar the only means of power for your van? Uh, mostly we did have an isolator hooked up to our uh, van. So when we drove, it would charge as well, which, um, you know, for you can get them for, you know, under a hundred dollars. I would definitely recommend that to anybody who does 
you know, driving on the daily basis because it will charge your batteries and top them up possibly more than, you know, the amount of solar you can fit on a smaller vehicle. Now, I know I've been looking into a, it's a DC to DC converter by Renogy. Um, is that kind of the thing you went with or just with an isolator off the main batteries? It's funny that you mentioned that because my partner just realized the one that we had in our van, although it did charge our batteries, it wasn't doing the most efficient job possible. Uh, so that the one that you just spoke of is the one that we're going to be buying for our new vehicle, which I'll be talking about down the line. Interesting. Nice hook. <laughs> so you've traveled around. You've had the bus for an hour or the bus. I keep saying buses because you're the first van. <laughs> so van um, for your van life. Uh, traveling around. What's something or some place that you had for an adventure? Tell me a little bit about your experience on the East Coast. Ah, the East Coast. So that was my first time ever going past uh, Saskatchewan, really driving. Um, you know, growing up, my family would always go to Saskatchewan every summer. So from BC to Saskatchewan, that travels was like the back of my hand. But once we started getting to, um, you know, New Brunswick, Quebec, Nova Scotia, PEI, all of that just blew me away. Um, we didn't get to spend as much time on PEI as we liked as uh, the second day we were there. Uh, there was a massive uh, storm warning for, you know, 100 plus kilometer winds as well as torrential downpour. And we didn't know anybody that lived on the island. So we decided it'd be safe, safest for us to head off PI and head back to Nova Scotia where we had a friend and that we could bunker down in their house during this crazy storm that they were predicting. Uh, but we did get to experience the Hopewell Rocks in the Bay of Fundy in New Brunswick. And uh, for anybody traveling, I highly recommend uh I believe they say it's like the largest tide change in the world. So uh, it's insane watching the, the tide come in and rise. I think it's close to, you know, 40 feet and then vice versa. If you can watch the tide go out, both of them are amazing experiences. And when the tide is out, you can go down and walk through these caves and what they call like flower pot rocks. Cause at the top of these massive rock walls is trees and, you know, all this vegetation because when the ocean rises, then obviously, uh, you know, it's getting fed there and you can kayak around it when the ocean or the tide is high. It's amazing. The, uh, I think the, the weight of the tide coming in and out uh, shifts the degree of the earth by one degree. I wouldn't be surprised. Because of the volume coming in. They put uh, turbines to capture the uh, tidal bore coming through uh, and the tide coming through was so aggressive that it shred the turbines um, and they had to rebuild them. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so if they can harness that electricity source, it would be a great, uh, great resource. No doubt. And did you make it to Cape Breton Island? We didn't. Uh, yet again, by the time we made it to uh, the East Coast, it was uh, almost November and uh, the weather wasn't you know, looking too great. Um, we didn't have a heat, heating source at the time. And our, our heat, even at the front dash of our vehicle, was kind of going in and out. And so it was kind of one of those funny quirks where we would have to wait for, you know, 10 or 11 a.m. to even drive anywhere so that our windows could be defrosted by the sun and then, you know, couldn't drive too late because, yet again, we didn't have a consistent heat source. So um, my partner's family's in Windsor, Ontario. So um, after spending a couple weeks out there at a friend's place, we did decide to kind of make our way back there because we didn't have our van as equipped as we did um, come, you know, 2018, 2019, and 2020. And you were talking about that storm in Prince Edward Island. 
Uh, were you traveling in like August, September, October? Uh, that was in October of 2016. Hurricane season. Exactly, exactly. So that's why we were like, we don't know anybody on this island. We're not familiar with it. Let's get off. Let's go, you know, somewhere safe. And that way our parents aren't worried that we're going to, you know, vanish in a storm. Yeah, they get pretty big. <laughs> so beyond that adventure, going back and forth across the country, uh, I am sure you've had a mishap along the way. Could you tell us a little bit about a mishap you might have had? Yes, I mean, we've definitely had quite a few, but one of the most memorable ones was during this cross-Canada road trip. Uh, we are in now, I apologize to anybody who's French, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Riviere de Loup, Quebec, uh, this smaller city with beautiful oceanfront views. And we had enjoyed a lovely day and, uh, you know, throughout the night it started raining. And uh, at this point, my partner and I are set up in the Walmart parking lot. We're watching some Netflix on the laptop and, you know, eventually 11 o'clock rolls in and I, you know, hop on the bed and get to our bed was at the back of the van. And as I get on the bed, I realize we have a stream of water coming in from the top of our van at the back. So then my partner hops on the bed too. And at this point, the weight of our two bodies have shifted our van enough now this little stream is just like a waterfall coming in it's just soaking all of our pillows all of our blankets um you know the entire mattress was just absolutely soaked like i said it's 11 p.m in a, a french-speaking town that you know unfortunately neither of us know how to speak french everything's closed um and it was just one of those nights that we just had to you know, suck it up and, and share a very small portion of the end of the bed closer to the front seats. Um, and then the next morning we woke up and went to a laundry mat and was able to dry everything out. But uh, we got pretty inventive after that. Uh, we realized it was our back brake light. That's uh, kind of where the rear door meets the roof. Um, and it had been kind of knocked out and there wasn't proper caulking around it. We tried to seal it up. Nothing was working. So Anytime there was a storm rolling in, we would find a place to park that we could back our van up that that area of the van would be covered by buildings overhang. And that was our only way to avoid having our uh, bed get soaked. Wonderful. And it, did it damage any other parts of the uh, van? Uh, thankfully, no electronics were damaged. Um, and we were able to, uh, you know, eventually, once we got into warmer weather, caulk it properly and, and ensure that it didn't leak from there on out. Um, and, you know, yet again, it's one of those things in van life, you really only learn by doing. And if we had never dealt with that, you know, we, we wouldn't have even known to look for it. So did you guys seal the roof in any way or just from the uh, spray foam insulation? Just, you sealed just it? the spray foam insulation. And so, but that was cool. prior to the spray foam. Um, it was just the basic stock roof that comes in, you know, the kind of felty material. And so that's why in, in 2018, we ripped it out because we knew there was probably going to be mold behind it from all that water that had seeped in back in 2016, 2017. And what time of year would have that been when you were in Rivery or Duluth? Uh, that was either late October or early November. So it was pretty cold out too. So, you know, it was one of those at the time, it was pretty miserable. But after it, it was like, okay, this is pretty hilarious that, you know, as we hopped on our bed, you know, the little stream turned into a waterfall and you know, here we are in this tiny town with nothing open and no money for a hotel or, you know, that meant we'd have to shorten our trip. So it was like, you're going to suck it up and, and deal with the cold wetness. Oh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So based on your travels and your rebuilding of your van, 
what's something that you consider doing differently the next time? Uh, so one thing that we learned after doing our second remodel is that uh, kind of making spaces too tight is uh, not an ideal thing for us because we have a 65 pound dog. He's a lovely Great Pyrenees Australian Shepherd mix, uh, but he is very accident prone. So um, after, you know, playing at the park one day, you know, he ended up with a cone on because he had an injury and uh, his cone between these two large cupboards that we had built to kind of separate our bed area from our living area. And so, you know, unfortunately, this happens. Dogs puke. He's on our bed. You can hear him gag and we're trying to get him off the bed. But because his cone's so big, we couldn't he couldn't fit through these two shelves. Ended up, you know, unfortunately puking on our bed and it was just downhill from there. So the next day we ripped those up and, you know, from this day on, we always vouch for more open spaces, better for um, our personal uh, preferences. You know, like we've just learned that our dog is too big to fit through small areas and in time of need, if that makes sense. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah, puke on a, a bed in a small space from a dog is not the best thing to to have around. But people need to know that can happen when you've got a dog in a van. You know, they it's it it happens, right? Just with kids too. For sure. So, what's a piece of advice that you would give somebody out there in the van life or schooly community? Uh, when looking at a vehicle, a hundred percent pay for an inspection to get done. Um, I wish someone had told us that before we went and bought our first van because uh, we probably wouldn't have bought it because absolutely everything was wrong with it. Um, and secondly, if you're thinking about do it, doing it, just absolutely do it. You won't regret it. It's amazing. The places you'll see, the adventures you'll get to do, and the people that you'll meet through doing it is just memories that I've made that I'll never forget. Do you remember somebody specifically that you met along the the travels that stands out? Um, I mean, I don't know if I could pick one because uh, we have so many, you know, unfortunately you know, the downside to the van life community is that people are always moving and going different places in different directions. Um, so, you know, you might link up with somebody for a few weeks, um, you know, build a lifetime bond. And then unfortunately your plans are going to separate you and go different ways. Uh, so that's why actually my partner and I, because uh, we're based in Victoria for, the foreseeable future uh, created the Victoria van life community. And prior to COVID we do weekly community nights uh, that way, you know, people are always coming and going, but that one thing was that the community nights were always Wednesday night. We always got together, you know, unfortunately due to COVID that's hurt the community a bit. A lot of people have gone home, uh, but I don't think I could single out one single person because we've just met too many wonderful people. So what did that look like for the Victoria van life van life community? What so people would bring their vehicles or yeah, just socialize in person? It, it depended on um, you know the weather. If the weather was nice, you know we're very fortunate here in Victoria to have a lot of beautiful oceanfront parking spots. So we'd either meet up. Sometimes there'd be potlucks. Sometimes we would do a bonfire. Um, you know, and it's great as people are joining. You know, everybody gets to check out each other's rigs, which you know everybody can agree that's you know one of the highlights is always. Oh, what do you got in your van? Oh, here, check out my van. Um, and then, you know, sometimes when the weather didn't cooperate, we would go to a bar and play darts. You know, people didn't have to drink. They could just come and have water if, you know, because sometimes people are broke. Other people could get food if they wanted. And we just tried to make it as inclusive as possible. Uh, that way, everybody, you know, was having a positive experience. And how many people would you say participated in the community? Uh, last winter, we had, you know, a, a, a 
20 to 30 regulars that were coming out, you know, every week or every second week. And it was a wonderful family. You know, it's, I would say it was even one step up from a community. We became a family and, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot, like I said, a lot of us had to part ways when COVID came and, uh, you know, I hope in the future we'll be able to all meet up again. Yeah. COVID's really kicking the, uh, tourism industry in the backside and doing van life or schooly life. It's, it's challenging. It definitely is, that's for sure. Uh, all right. So what do you see for the future for you folks with van life or schooly well, life? Well, like I said, we sold our, our precious van in, in December and, we had been tossing around a lot of ideas. The biggest thing for us was we wanted something we could stand up in. Uh, you know, we, we looked into the options of schoolies, box trucks, step vans, uh, high top vans. And we just in the last two days purchased a 1997 uh, Ford E350 uh, X-U-Haul truck. Uh, so it's got the mother's attic above the driving space, which will allow us to put the bed up there. And uh, it's going to be, you know, more than triple living space than what we had in our old van. Tons of headroom. Tons. Oh, it's it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be able to have more than one or two people over in our van and, you know, to be able to potentially host community nights in there, by no means large ones. But, uh, you know, we did back in the day, the Victoria Van Life community, uh, New Year's 2020, we uh, rented a just a U-Haul van and we partied in it. And it was uh, kind of the turning experience that my partner and I looked at each other and we're like, hmm, we could definitely live in one of these things. So how long is the U-Haul? Uh, so it's a 14-foot box. Okay. Uh, seven feet wide and uh, a little over seven feet tall. So, um, you know, got to lose a couple inches to, to for insulation and whatnot, but uh, it's still going to be big enough to, for us to, you know, I, I know some people like sleeping on small spaces, but we're putting in a king bed. It's going to be fixed. It's going to be wonderful. And then we'll have our Camp Chef oven. We're going to get a fridge in there. Uh, we're going to get the diesel heater again because uh, it's just a, a great, cheap, reliable heat source, uh, which is also dry, which is great for the wet area that we're in. And uh, we're just just starting out. We're gutting it right now. We're going to remove the uh, garage roll-up door and put in some barn-style doors. Um, our last van was by no means stealth. It was spray-painted black. It had roof racks. It was kind of like a zombie apocalypse van. Um, you know, unfortunately, times have changed and you know they're a bit more strict here where we live for for van life stuff so we're probably going to go a bit more stealth uh, just being more cautious that tickets have been you know given out lately so uh, we're being a bit more cautious this time around so in something like that would you put windows in it or just keep it the way it uh, is that's one thing that we're tossing around the idea right now um, you know in a perfect world um, skylights make a cube van feel huge uh, but they are tricky to install and to get up there and properly seal them off and caulk them. Uh, so we have seen a few RVs that are being parted out. We might grab a couple windows and put one kind of above the kitchen sink area and then one kind of on the other side where we plan on putting a couch just to brighten up the space. Uh, because there is no pass through in this. Some cube trucks have pass throughs. Um, so then you would kind of get some light from the front. But ours is completely blocked off from the driver area. So uh, we definitely want some light. Um, but I think with the right tint, then we will still have privacy uh, without people being able to see in. So is this something that you folks are just interested in traveling in or to uh, live we in? We live in it in the summer months. Um, like I said, I, I manage a bed and breakfast in the winter. So that provides us a place to stay for the few colder months. Uh, but then in the summer months, we love being able to be in our vehicle. You know, it forces us to be outside. 
which just rejuvenates our soul and uh, allows us to, you know, connect with the nature and enjoy all the parks around town. Cause I'm, I'm guilty for it in the winter when we have uh, this bed and breakfast that we get to live in. It's so much harder to be like, okay, I'm going to go outside and, and, and go enjoy the nature when you're comfortable inside watching Netflix. So I think that's one thing of van life that we really like is it, you know, it uh, allows you to uh, utilize outside, you know, all the entire city as your backyard. So I'm looking to figure out how to do the ultimate um, encapsulation for a Canadian Arctic winter. Are you planning for more like the wet season preparation in uh, BC or are you going to like try that extreme Canadian, we're going to hunker down and stay in it? in minus 20 <laughs> uh in the long run we definitely would love to uh winterize it to that point where we could uh you know be somewhere in the winter because you know as much as we love victoria and for having the, the warm winters um we do love snow and uh, it would be wonderful to spend you know a winter or two in the cube van uh you know somewhere where it does snow and get freezing cold but for now we're gonna um weatherize it more for the wet dampness here on the island and we rarely see below like negative temperatures so um you know it it just allows us to have i guess more room and funds for other things at this time but you know like i've said before we love changing up our vans and you know i wouldn't be surprised if we end up doing a few different remodels in this van as the time goes on cool now there's a gentleman that i uh interviewed a while back his name is paul uh, Walford, I believe his last name is. He's a dentist, and he's over on the on the island uh, around Comox, I believe it is. And he has two vehicles that he uses for a dental clinic. Oh, very cool! And they're really cool. So if you ever out on a weekend trip and want to go over to the island, reach out to me, and I'll get you the information. And uh, he's a pretty cool guy. He uh, he enjoys doing this kind of stuff. He's retiring pretty soon, but. He's been doing it since I think oh, the perfect. 80s. I'd love to connect with him. We'll definitely have to get that contact info. Yeah. So based on contacts in your network, who would you recommend maybe two or three people for people to follow if they're learning about van life and rebuilding and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I definitely have a, a, a few in mind, um, you know, because this is a schoolie podcast, I'm going to, you know, um, give some shout outs to our, our schoolie friends. I have a fellow artist uh, who lives in their short bus with their partner and they just got a, an adorable blue healer puppy. You can follow them on rubber meets pavement on Instagram. Um, they've got a beautiful little blue short bus. Another friend that I met at the Squamish um, van life meetup back in, I believe that was 2018 is uh, Marissa Van Der Velden. Um, I'll get Daniel to confirm the spelling and post that. Uh, but she does all crazy adventure things and lives in her beautiful um, van called, or bus, Doris the Dream Machine. It's an ex-shuttle bus. Um, and it's beautiful and uh, it's crazy the adventures that you can do. If you're ever able to go to Squamish, you could uh, bike, hike, swim, scuba dive, boat, almost every single outdoor activity in one day. And she does it all. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you can send me that link. Um, cause I didn't get the spelling, but that would definitely, be I can do that. I, I apologize for my horrible pronunciations. <laughs> no, it's my spelling. Trust me. Wonderful. All right. So Shelby for the audience out there, um, it was probably a month back 
where I saw a post on social media through Instagram of this amazing person doing these really cool things uh, for an art. And what they were is a piece of wood and you could get whatever you wanted hand-drawn onto the piece of wood with a quote on the back. And I reached out to this person and it was you. And I got my logo uh, painted on the front of it and then a quote on the back of it. And it's absolutely amazing. I have it in my hand right now. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, this kind of yeah, thing that you do. Yeah, thank you so much, first of all, for reaching out and supporting my little side business. Um, you know, it started off by uh, I had these wood slices cut from a tree that had fallen down and I'd been wanting to paint on it. And it was, uh, like I said, the Victoria Van Life community where we were a very tight community pre-COVID. And it was one of the members' birthdays, so I decided to try to paint her van and it came out pretty good. And so before you knew it... Um, the whole community wanted one of their vans. So we did that. And, you know, as time went on, I kept getting compliments and more people wanted it. So I said, you know what, I think it's time for me to branch out and, and make it a business. And for anybody, you know, feeling unsure or lacking the confidence in their art stuff, uh, you just got to put yourself out there. You know, it can be a little nerve wracking, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that will love your art and support you. Um, so yes, anybody listening, I love doing really cool bus conversions. I can get a lot of detail in there. Uh, you send me a picture. I can do side angles, front angles, back angles. I can do logos um, and I varnish it. So these pucks are going to hopefully last for, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, it, around the island, it's kind of like a, a great uh, little symbol of people that know that they have probably mutual friends because um, a lot of people keep them in their rearview mirrors of their vans. And so when people go by there, oh, they're part of the Victoria Van Life community. And uh, so you, I'm really looking forward to in the future after COVID being able to travel Canada and maybe seeing some of my pucks on the road. Well, you can come to Flin Flon <laughs> and see this one. Flin Flon sounds pretty exciting. Or to Cape Breton, depending if we, uh, we sell and, and move out east to see family. But these are really cool. How many coats of varnish are on this? Um, I like to really lather it on because I want it to last for as many years as possible. Uh, probably upwards of, of 10 coats on each side. Um, I know the, the few that I made in the beginning are still just as clear as the day I made it. Uh, so I think the varnish is doing its job. Yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. And I'll put, put a picture up as well with the information for the post for Wonderful. the podcast. They're gorgeous. And they're, and they're extremely affordable. This was 20 bucks uh, and that included the artwork and yes, having it shipped ship to me anywhere for Canada. Um, you know, unfortunately if there's any American or other countries listening, uh, it is additional fees because it costs so much to ship it. But anybody in Canada, $20 flat rate, I'd love to, to paint you on. Please reach out to uh, backwoods projects uh, on Instagram or Facebook. Wonderful. And that's where people can reach out to you. That's your, yes, absolutely. Your space? Um, and uh, you can also check out, um, my travel profile, which is mostly just my adorable dog. It's called Adventures of Butters the Dog. You'll see a lot of photos of our old Apocalypse van. And uh, in the future, we'll definitely be sharing photos of our new cube truck that we're starting to convert. And do you think you're going to be doing any videography or like posting the build as you go along? Um, or I have been quite enjoying work? Instagram reels. You know, they make it really easy to, to edit together a little video. So I'm sure I'll be doing some uh, little clips of, uh, of conversions and different parts of the van because I know people are always so curious to know how others are doing it. So I'd, I'd love to share the knowledge and 
the experience that we learn and um, share the knowledge. Wow. Well, Shelby, if anybody's heading out to the West Coast uh, after COVID has all cleaned up and has gone away, I'm sure they'll reach out and hopefully pay a visit to you and also the Victoria van life community. If you're heading this way after things clear up, you're more than welcome to stop here. We're on Boondockers Welcome, so you got a place to stay for a while and hang out and we'll that show you wonderful. around. I can only hope that we'll all be able to travel safely in the future. Hopefully. Exactly. And yes. Meet up. <laughs> we miss it. Yeah. All right. Well, Shelby, enjoy the rest of your day in British Columbia. And uh, thank you for yes, sharing thank your you information. Thank you for having me, Daniel. And thank you again for uh, reaching out and buying a puck. It meant a, a lot that you were, uh, you know, kind of took a chance on a random profile on Instagram. And uh, I uh, hope that you enjoy your puck for many years. Well, you're a beautiful artist. I greatly thank appreciate so much, it. I hope uh, best of luck in the podcast moving forward. All right. Thanks, Shelby. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram or YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.